Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back with another episode. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about a conversation that I had with a guy that wanted to kill himself. And um, I didn't really, initially, I didn't really want to talk to him about the issue because uh, 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 a person that works in the prison approached me about this guy. And uh, he, for whatever reason, thought that I would be, you know, right person to talk to him and I, I really didn't feel comfortable doing it because I felt like you know this is a situation that where you know I'm not trained in this and I could probably say something to make this situation worse and I was afraid of that and plus the pressure of it you know again like I said I'm not trained in this I do talk to a lot of guys about a lot of things and I have talked to other guys about you know their uh, hopes or desires whatever you want to call it to hurt themselves and I talk them you know what I'm saying? Give them some advice, give them some insight, give them some hope and, and, and to, to try to steer them in a different direction or try to distract them for that moment and hope that, you know, they'll see, you know, a different way. But this situation was different because, you know, the person that worked at that prison and talked to me about this other guy, you know, when I'm listening to him talk, it was serious. And I felt like that, you know, if I say the wrong thing, you know, I may have to live with, the consequences of what happens, you know what I'm saying, out of what I might say to him. And I don't wish anybody any harm. But anyway, I ended up doing it against my better judgment, and I'm glad that I did. And let me tell you why. When I sat down and talked to this young man, this young man is six months away from flattening. And when I say flattening, I mean he's done the complete sentence that he was in on, right? He came into the system when he was 19 years old, and now, 25 years later, he's going home in six months, right? Six or eight months. I think it's eight months. Yeah. He's going home. No paper, no probation, no parole. He's going to be free to do whatever he wants to do, go wherever he wants to go. And this guy, you know, he's, he's uh, somebody that has had mental health problems in the past. He's tried to commit suicide, as far as I know, at least three times. And so when we sat down to talk, you know, I said, hey, how you doing? I introduced myself to him or whatever. He introduced himself to me. And I said, tell me, man, what's going on with you, man? Why are you so nervous about going home? You would think that, um, you know, anybody, you know, that's going home is going to be happy. He said, you would think that. You know, he said, but, man, I've been here since I was 19. Started getting in trouble when I was 16. He said, this is the only life that I know. I don't know anything else. And I'm sitting there listening, right, because I'm, I'm running through my brain like, wow, this, this sounds familiar. I've, I've heard this before from a lot of other guys, you know. And this particular individual, he was headed home, and he was afraid of it because he didn't know it. He didn't know what life out there would be like. He had a good family, he told me, uh, that wanted to help him. But he gave me an example of one of the ways that they help him. And he told me, he said, when he was uh, 16, they had given him a car. And he had told them that he was feeling anxious that day. This is, I think, the first time that he had committed attempted suicide. And he was in his car, and he said he was driving, driving down the road, and he saw this tree, and he said something just told him to run into the tree. And he ran, he hit the gas and ran straight into the tree, tried to kill himself. In the hospital a couple of days, and he said when he got out of the hospital, instead of his family getting him some help, they went and got him a new car and said, okay, well, this time be more careful. They didn't even focus on any of the things that he was saying. And I'm accepting what he's saying is true. I, I'm not saying that the family 
didn't listen to his concerns or whatever. I'm just giving you the story as it was given to me. They may have interceded, you know what I'm saying, in a different way. He's just not acknowledging that. I'm just giving you the story the way it was given to me. And I was like, dang, so you told them that you needed to talk to somebody? He was like, no, nah, I didn't know to say that. He said, I just told them that I'm not feeling right. I said, I want to hurt myself. And, and they thought that the solution to that was just to get me another car and tell me to be more careful. And he said he went on after that to become a cutter. That's somebody that cuts on his body to, to uh, relieve stress. And he said the problems just kept getting worse and worse until he committed a violent crime and ended up in prison for 25 years. So as we continued to talk, he goes on and tells me that he's been to college, he has a degree, you know, uh, he knows how to help other people, but he said something that was very interesting to, to me. I said, if you know how to give advice and help other people in that situation, what makes it so hard for you to do the same for yourself? He said, man, when I'm looking at somebody else, I can look and see where they're at and where they want to go, and I can help them formulate a plan to get there, right? He said, but when I'm dealing with myself, he said, it's foggy. I can't see past all of the dirt and the muck. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay. You can't see past the dirt and all the muck. And I said, what dirt and muck is it that you're talking about? Can you identify that? Can you put a name on that? And then we can go from there. And he said, man, um, I don't tell a lot of people this. He said, but I have issues with my sexuality. He said, sometimes I think I'm gay. Sometimes I think I'm not, and he said, I'm ashamed of that, and then sometimes I'm not ashamed of that. I said, so you've been with men? He was like, yeah. I said, okay. I said, have you ever been with women? He said, no. He said, uh, I had a chance to before I got locked up, but it didn't happen. So I said, so you've only been with men. You've never known what it's like to be with a woman. He's like, no. I said, okay. And he said, that's confusing to him because he he can watch something, and he uh, he thinks he wants to be with a woman, but then there's other times he wants to be with a man. I said, you might be by then. I said, but I'm not going to get into the judging aspect of it. I asked him, was he believing? He said, yeah. I said, okay. So I said, what other issues is it that clouds your judgment? And he said, well, he said, I'm a cutter. I told you that. You know, and I think that that messes me up. He said, I just can't see past the fog. And, you know, I know what I want to do with my life. He said, I just can't see a clear path to getting there. I said, you probably need some help. Like, you give advice to other people. You need somebody to help you draw something. And I said, when you get that person, work the plan. Don't focus on the outcome, positive or negative. Just work that plan that you and the individual that you get to help you come up with. And just see what happens. You have to give yourself a chance. You have to give yourself a chance. But when you have a bad day, whoever that person is, call on them. Make sure that whoever you get to help you in your life when you get out is somebody that is willing to take a call from you at any time because you can get into one of those moods at any time. It's not a set time, 8 to 12, 8 to 4, 4 to 8, that people stress out. It's 24 hours a day, 7 days a week that the potential of you having an episode can occur. So make sure that whoever you get to help you is somebody that understands that. And he said that he would. I said, um, so at the end of the day, how do you feel about uh, going to live with your family and stuff like that? And he said he didn't want to. He said because he thinks that they're not going to understand him. And uh, I said, are you talking about your sexuality? He was like, yes, my family is super conservative, and they, uh, they're just not going to be accepting of that. I said, well, I said, maybe you should uh, talk to them about it. I said, do they know? He was like, no. I said, maybe you should talk to them about it.
And it reminded me of this movie that I saw years ago called Life. It had Eddie Murphy in it and Martin Lawrence. And it was this one guy, I can't remember this black actor name, he's a phenomenal actor. But he played the homosexual guy in the show. And Bernie Mac played the guy that was in a relationship with him, right? And this guy was scheduled to go home. And, but in prison he was, he was gay homosexual and he had a chance to go home and before he was able to go home you know he got his release papers and everything he attempted to escape and they shot and killed him because he didn't want to face his family he didn't want his family to know this side of him which I think is tragic and I was looking at the guy and, and he was talking to me I'm listening to him but I was looking at, and that's what I kept thinking about He's struggling with his sexual identity, and he doesn't want his family to know. So I asked him, I said, do you think that your family wouldn't love you if you tell them that you think that you're gay? And he said, I don't know. I said, well, try and see. And I said, if they don't, if they tell you that they don't want anything to do with you, then go your way. And that's between you and God. You're going to have to work that out with the most high. But I said, regardless of what they say, don't do anything to take your life. Now, I know just telling somebody that is not enough. But I said, don't take your life. Give God a chance to work in your life. And he's like, how long is that? How long should I give God a chance? I said, as long as it takes. As long as it takes. I said, let me say something to you because I got to go, right? I said, look, man. I really didn't want to come over here to talk to you because I didn't want to say anything that uh, could make your situation worse. But I said, I want to thank you uh, for the opportunity to, of me coming over here to talk to you because I've, you've really let me know that, you know, mental health issues are serious. You know, so I really understand that a little bit better. I was, I was serious about it before, but I'm dead serious about it now after this conversation. And I said, look, what you have to learn to do, man, and I know this is easier said than done, so you have to learn to love yourself. No matter what cards you're dealt or what you think your life should be like, you have to learn to love yourself. And when you learn to love yourself, whoever you are, whoever you think you are, then you're going to understand the real power of the most high because you're worthy of love just because he made you. This just that on that, not because of the job that you have, not because of the money that you make, not because of the, the ideas that run through your head that confuse you or not confuse you or whatever the case may be. Whatever you think you are, whatever you think you're not, whatever the case may be, you're worthy of love because the Most High created you, period. And when you learn to understand that, when you come to understand that, you're going to see things a lot more clearer. And then you're going to understand the path that you need to be on. And you're going to find that purpose for your life, why God put you here. And I said, so I want to thank you for the opportunity to come over here and talk to you. And I just wanted to share this story with you. you know. And then before I go, I'm going to say this too. Uh, this young man, uh, as of the time that I'm talking to you, he's not, uh, he's not gone yet. He's, he's, he's scheduled to leave. And he seems to be in a better attitude, you know what I'm saying, a better mental place. 
but you never can tell with that, right? But I wanted to share this episode with you because I, I wanted to say that if you ever get the opportunity to talk to somebody that's stressing out and having anxieties and, and, and talking about hurting themselves, don't say that I'm not qualified to talk to the person and don't talk to them. Just go talk to them and sometimes you don't need to say anything, just listen. Let them say whatever they want to say. Sometimes they just want to be heard. But don't not do it because you don't think that you're qualified. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything, just listen. If God compels you, if the Most High touches you to say something, say it. But don't say anything, you know what I'm saying, in a hurtful way. And don't say anything like, you know how people say, I don't want to hurt you, but blah, 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 blah. Don't say anything like that. Because when you lead out saying that, that's what they're going to remember. You said you didn't want to hurt me, but this is hurtful. If you're not going to say anything out of pure love, don't say anything. Just listen to them and tell them that you're with them the best way you know how, and then find them some help. Because their mental health issue stuff, that's some real stuff. And people, most of the time, just need somebody to take time to listen to them, to see them. And that's what I hope I did for him, by God's grace. Uh, and it really helped me to become a better person, right? It really did. And I'm going to wrap this up with that. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe, the Crime Critic. I'm your host, <laughs> Joe Baker. <laughs> Peace, y'all.